Hey guys, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have a great guest for you. You're not going to want to miss this. We're going to learn, learn about building a business from the ground up and you don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today, we have a great guest for you. We're going to be talking to Rick Martinez. He's a serial entrepreneur, nurse, and he's built businesses. And so I, I'm pleased to have Rick Martinez in, in the studio today. And we're going to be talking about business and we're just going to kind of keep it conversational and let it go. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Abel. This is awesome. I love your freaking setup here. This is so cool. I, I'm <laughs> I did this it. just for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so... I, we got to know each other a little bit. We met over at the Bunker Labs in San Antonio, right. and I I just fell in love with your story. So why don't you start out by giving me a little bit of information about who you are, what you do, and how you help your customers? Sure. So I'll, I'll kind of, uh, I'll give you like the 30,000 foot view, if you will, the, the peaks, and then just choose the valley you want to dive into. So very long story short is I've been a registered nurse for 25 years. Um, so my journey started in healthcare, very traditional industry, very traditional job, if you will. And it was about the year 2000 that I recognized there was a gap. And I say this with all love and humility, but um, we wanted to serve, use our, our, our skills as caregivers and serve more people. So we launched a company, um, Staffing, and we serve the federal government. From there, again, I'm going to give you the bullet, the high level. Yeah. Uh, after doing that for starting it from nothing, from a desk in my one-bedroom apartment, um, 600 employees, about a million a week in gross revenues. So we grew it from zero to a, a sizable organization, sold that, exited about five years ago from this recording. But along that journey is I really fell in love with mentoring, advising, and then uh, because we had some means after our sale, angel investing. And so as a result, I mentored and advised startups, kind of the art of the start, which is I, I love being in the dirt, the dirt of any startup, business 101. But we also launched several other businesses, like we launched some San Antonio, some of their the first CrossFit gyms here but back in 2007, 8, launched a food delivery service. So several organizations, some were bad, very <laughs> bad mistakes, <laughs> really bad, learned some lessons. But long story short, where we come to the modern uh, to today, if you will, was several years ago, a good buddy of mine, a Marine, asked me for help with his startup. And um, this is the segue into what I do now, which your listeners are going to find very sexy and intriguing because the world is finding this topic sexy and intriguing as we speak. Um, he asked me for help with the startup. And I said, first question I asked him and take note is, um, who do you want to help? And he said, I, I, I want to help vets, veterans with PTS. And as a veteran, uh, I just, just for the listener's sake is drop the D. Don't say PTSD because a lot of veterans don't view this as a disorder. It's post-traumatic stress. And I said, I'm in whatever you want to do. I'm a former army nurse. So I said, whatever you're going to do, I said, I'm in, I'm going to help. And I said, how are you going to do that? And he said, CBD. And I had no idea what that was, Abel. No, no idea. <laughs> I thought it was some military acronym or some military, you know, I thought it was, you know, combat battle deployment. Or something. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck is he? And I said, okay. And I was on Facebook Messenger because he's out in California. And I said, what's CBD? And turns out it's part of the cannabis plant. So that was my introduction to where I live and play now in the cannabis industry, CBD. But as you can tell from what I just shared, the high level is it's been a journey. This has been a, about a 30 year journey as an entrepreneur, actually a little over 20 years as an entrepreneur. And um, we're going to dive a little bit more into what we do now in CBD and how it can be impactful. The lessons we're learning in a counterculture industry um, can be as impactful, if not more so for the quote unquote traditional business. So there you go. That's the high level stuff. Well, it seems like you have a cornucopia of areas of expertise that you've done a lot of things in a, in what seems to be a short period of time because you have, you've, you're a nurse, you know, you've done, yep. you're doing media production, you're, you have a podcast, you're doing CBD, you're investing, uh, you're, you're, you're getting involved with startups. 
What would you say right now you're focused on? What is it the most, what is the the area of expertise that you're focused on making larger? That's a great question. And and I love the question because coming into the new year, because we're in 2020 as we record this, is I realized I was doing too much. I, I was spread too thin, um, you know, uh, diving into the hustle, the grind, which is something we should all be wary of. It's not sexy. And I had to say no to a lot of things. So I had to say no to some of the investment groups I was be- I belong to. So to answer your question very succinctly is in 2020, what we're really focused on as Green Seed Cannabis Co., which is now a media company, is producing some of the best podcasts and media content or content for our podcast and YouTube channel to really educate and showcase what this industry can and should be about from somebody who has no business being in this industry myself, like I shared with you. Mm-hmm. So first thing is our podcast, high quality content, um, showcasing, educating the industry and the average Joe, if you will, about what the cannabis industry is and can be from a consumer or entrepreneur standpoint. Second is my speaking. I speak at conventions, um, both cannabis and non-cannabis across the country about marketing, specifically harnessing counterculture marketing in a very normal culture world, if you will. In other words, how we are succeeding in a misunderstood industry. And I've been asked to speak at conferences that are very traditional marketing conferences. And the last thing is I still keep my feet very wet as a provider, as a registered nurse. Um, It's just a skill that this is how I started. It's part of who I am, my roots. So um, as I was sharing with you, just coming in today Mm -hmm. is at 4 a.m. I was at the, as a circulating nurse in an OR today. So um, I'm still an active practitioner as well. Wow. Well, so let's (laughs) delve into the CBD. So you say you didn't know much about CBD, but you started it. So a lot of people feel like they need to know about their product or they need to know everything there is to know about a certain industry before they even get into it. How did, what made you just say the heck with it? I don't know much about it, but you know what? I'm going to get into this because I feel like this is something that could be big. How, what made you move towards that or gravitate towards that? Good, good questions. And I, I got to say, I think the first thing was, um, my friend's why his value proposition, the reason why he wanted to start this, there's no doubt that there's a lot of tremendous amount of opportunity out there, not just in cannabis or CBD, which is without a doubt, a hot industry, but more important is as an individual, whether we're in the idea stage or the startup stage, um, or growth stage is to, is to be in touch with the reason why that deep set purpose. And it's not my idea, not what I can, Simon Sinek actually came up with this concept years and years ago. It's, you know, start with why. Mm -hmm. And that's what really compelled me. And here's the reason why that's so important. Because if my friend had called and said, I want to start a cannabis company, I would have said, no, I was raised as an anti-cannabi. I was a military officer. I was very traditionally raised that Mm -hmm. this is the devil's lettuce and stay away. Ricky, it's going to do no good. You'll end up in jail and um, look what happened to your cousins or whatever. So if, if they had started or he had started with, I want to launch a cannabis company, I would have said, I'm not your guy. But when you start with the reason, the passion, the driver, the, re- the thing that is going to, that lights you up. When he said, I want to help veterans with PTS or PTSD, I'm like, I, I need to hear more. And even then, Abel, it still took me um, easily close to a year before I even told anybody because- it's a no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's a no, no. And I was, you know, it's, what's going to, what are people going to think of me? And, you know, the, you know, my, my wife and I have made through our, our former company connections with entrepreneurs all over the planet, literally. And I thought, what are they going to think of us now diving into this industry that nobody wants to be in? And I had a personal issue with it. I realized that it was my problem. But um, first thing is understand the reason why and really latch onto that. Put your hooks into that thing. And um, once once you're tied into that reason, it's difficult to stop you. I get that. I get that. So, I mean, there's a lot of questions surrounding this topic because, you know, you get involved with the youth of the America and we find that a lot of kids are delving into this uh, because it's just common. You know, like when we're kids... I mean, we did all kinds of stuff when we were kids, you know, now you can put them in uh, pens, you know, where they can just, there's, there's no scent and, and they can just do it wherever they want. But there's a lot of 
situations where I've had experience with young kids that it, you know, it's bad for their health and their, uh, and do they end up in the hospital because they're, they're smoking too much of it and they get sick. So how do you, how do you address those types of questions? You know, when somebody comes and says, well, you're starting up in this industry, but you're not benefiting our, our youth. And how do you address those issues? Yeah. I, I, I think the first thing that we need to uh, make a distinction on is um, cannabis is really kind of a very broad word, but underneath that cannabis is, you know, kind of falls. And these are the the way I want to explain it to folks is CBD and marijuana. So um, it's, it's very new, even though marijuana has been around for decades, like literally black market for decades. So it's not new. It's just new to a lot of people because now it's legal in a lot of States. In fact, over 30 states now have some sort of marijuana program, medical or recreational. It's here and it's here to stay. So I want to make the distinction first about CBD and or not versus marijuana because they both have their benefits. And also the second big distinction I want to make is that there are bad players in every industry. Every industry has the good ones and they have the shitty ones. Mm -hmm. They are. And Underneath all that, it's not here. Here's what we can do as a curious consumer or a curious parent or a curious entrepreneur or a father or mother, whatever it is, is do some diligence, educate yourself first. It's important that we, we decide I want to learn more before we point fingers. That was my problem. You see, I had been raised with one lens. This is bad. One lens only. It was the anti-cannabis lens. And when I realized my friend said, I want to help veterans and CBD is a real potential, I suddenly realized there was another lens. And so the first thing I did was this, to make it even simpler, to give your listeners um, a place to start. And I kid you not, people roll their eyes at me or they, they look at me like, yeah, right, go to Barnes & Noble. I kid you not. Barnes and Noble several years ago, maybe had one or two magazines about marijuana. High Times was one of them, very counterculture, very weed centric. And that's really the only one I can think of. Now you can go to Barnes and Noble. There's still not a lot of books, but there's easily a dozen magazines now. Some of them are very well done and you can learn a lot. And what I tell people is go and read them all cover to cover, cover to cover, you know, not just about the new strains or how it's helping folks with anxiety, but read people, read about who's advertising in them. Several years ago, you would never see law firms. Now they're littered with law firms. Several years ago, you would never see media companies. Now they're littered with media companies. Several years ago, you would never see social media gurus saying they're going to help you. Now it's littered with them because people are recognizing the sheer massive opportunity in every aspect. It's not just about the plant anymore, Abel. This is about true opportunity from a variety of angles. And that ties into what we're probably going to talk about, why we decided to launch a media company, because it was an, it was a community, an aspect of the industry that wasn't being served in a competent and ethical way. So first thing is empower yourself. And I kid you not, I tell people, go to Barnes & Noble. That's the first thing you should do for a few reasons. One, because it's free. You don't have to spend money. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have gas or a car, then go online. And if you don't have a computer, go to the library. And if you, and if you continue making excuses, you're in the wrong industry. Yeah. You're, you don't be, you don't belong. You, you, you probably should not be an entrepreneur. Barnes and Noble. Second thing, find a conference. Again, I'm going to go back to several years ago when we entered the industry, there was just a handful of CBD or cannabis conferences or expos. Now they are literally almost every week. And here in Texas, We held one of the first and largest last year in San Antonio. Now there's this year in 2020, there's probably seven. There's one coming up and soon in Austin, there's one in Houston coming up. Mm. There's another one in Dallas, Fort Worth. They're everywhere. Go to a conference. You get to actually meet people, talk to professionals, talk to experts, talk to folks who are just like you do those things first, first. And then, so doing these things, these preliminary, doing these preliminary things first is that going to get me into the industry if I want to start my own company or how, how would I go about in, in investing in something like that? I mean, do I need licenses or there are certain, is there a certain protocol that you need to follow? Are there certain bottlenecks that you've run into with regard to starting this? 
And the bottlenecks are bottlenecks galore. And um, this is great questions because I think what um, enable I've, I've um, with love and respect, a lot of people, when they think about this industry, they think about two things, growing it or selling it. In other words, a plant touching part of the industry. And while that's very, very sexy, um, we did an episode on our show, We Do No Basis, probably the third or fourth episode we ever did about the number one question I get asked. And the number one question I got asked was, how do I, um, how do I get started in this industry? Um, where do I go first? You know, what basically this is so, uh, this is very sexy, you know, growing it, selling, how do I get started? And I would always tell them, go to Barnes and Noble first, educate yourself. You're mm-hmm. going to see it's very vast. And then when they ask questions about, you know, specifically, it always revolves around growing or selling, being a retail operator or going to California and growing weed. Uh-huh. And you can do that. It's not something I want to do. The second thing I ask them is, is this something you really want to do? Or do you have a green thumb? You know, do you want to go actually grow marijuana or is it just the sexiness that's attracting you? But more so is to think about where you want to be in one year, three year, five years. Think about you first. Be very, very selfish about in any industry, not just cannabis, any business. I can point to our foray into the CrossFit world where we launched two gyms. If I had asked myself these questions prior, I may not have done this because at the time it was very, very sexy. In fact, there's a correlate. We History repeats itself in business and in life. Cannabis is very sexy. Ask yourself this question first, because now you've probably seen them. There are shops opening up everywhere. Here in San Antonio, there's easily four to five dozen, if not more. It's very easy to open up a store. And I'll answer your questions about regulatory issues and bottlenecks. One might find themselves suddenly in six months or or a year realizing that I'm having to wake up and go open up the door and stand behind a register and sell retail. And all I really wanted to do was create something in the industry. And that's why I say be super selfish about what it is you want to do. Again, in any industry, if you have kids, that's going to affect what you want to do. Think about all the things that you can do in this industry. And I'll use cars as a correlate because this helps people wrap their mind around the vastness. If somebody said, Rick, I want to get into the car industry, I would say, great. Do you want to make tires? Or do you want to sell warranties? Do you want to be the guy who paints them or rebuilds wrecks? Do you want to buy a dealership or do you want to invest in a Chevy, whatever? Mm -hmm. My point is that it's that vast. Cannabis is the same. Do you want to be a media? I was, I spoke to, I never would have thought that it's, it's so massive. I spoke to a group in Indiana and the same questions emerge. And I love the question because I just want to give information back. And I said, how many of you in here are professionals? A lot of hands went up. I said, how many of you want to get into the industry? Same hands went up. I said, how many of you think of the industry as generally growing or selling? Same hands went up. I said, do you know that there is a need for CPAs? Anybody in here is CPA? Some of those hands that went up, about two of them went up because they were CPAs. I said, do you know that there is the 280 tax laws and all these things that cannabis entrepreneurs need to know that you already know? What if you just took what you already knew and parlayed that into the industry and you could see light bulbs going off? And I said, how many of you are attorneys? And one or two attorneys, I said, mm-hmm. you know, cannabis law is an emerging sector. I said, what if you became the cannabis attorney of your city and you see more light bulbs went off? I said, how many of you, whatever, just oh. you can continue asking the question. And people are like, so I don't have to just grow it or sell it. I'm like, no, you don't. Which is why people like us exist. Because what I'm good at, my gift is speaking I told you earlier, I was um, a media and I won't use the word on your, <laughs> I was, uh, I gravitate towards media and I realized that let me just do more of that and help the industry grow and expand in an ethical and responsible way. And that's what we do. So focus on your talents first. Bottlenecks are, oh my gosh, first and foremost is banking is an issue. Whether you like it or not, accept it or not, it is an issue. Advertising is an issue. You cannot run, and I'm talking now about plant-touching parts of the business. You can't just run Facebook ads. You're going to get shut down. You'll get your account shut down. you get banned. And you can't fight Zuckerberg. I'm sorry, yeah. you just can't. The things that are available to a tra- traditional entrepreneur, the things that we consider just basics, um, bank accounts, merchant processing, in other words, the ability to swipe a credit card are tenuous or difficult at best. Plus bottom line is if you want to start a CBD business, like a plant touching product based 
I want to sell a tincture or a gummy. You better have a good seven figures um, stockpiled up because it's going to be a long, hard road. It can be done, mm -hmm. but you better be ready for a long potential arduous battle because everybody's doing this now. Everybody. Well, San Antonio is a, is a little bit more liberal now. And so I, I start to see a lot of these CBD uh, companies popping up. And in fact, there's one right down the street. And so with regard to these, these guys that are popping up here now, are, do they have THC in them or is it just CBD like non THC uh, oils that they're, that they're selling here in San Antonio? Because do you have a store here in San Antonio? Nope. I, I do not. I learned a long time ago when we were um, partnered into open up retail, that retail was going to put me in a place that didn't fit into my lifestyle. Oh, so, I see. So well, no. well, from your, I mean, from your experience, do they, do they have uh, THC in these stores? No right now? THC. Um, so it's the, the distinction for the audience is THC is the illegal component or the regulated component of the plant. That's the part that gets you high CBD because of the farm bill that the president signed in 2018 is now 50 state legal. It always has been, but now it's signed into law, the hemp, the farm bill, the hemp, um, all these different laws. I'm not an attorney, but in the state of Texas, THC is illegal, period. So if there's any shop that's selling a THC product, they are operating in the black market. They're, okay, they're gotcha. an illegal store. So. so unless you're California or Washington or Colorado, then you're... Ex you're Illinois, Washington, D.C., um, remember, well, 30, I just named off the few that yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm no. sure there's a plenty of them. Was there like 14? There's 30 plus states oh, 30. now. Yes. That now you can now purchase a marijuana product, either medicinal with a prescription or oh. just walk into a store and buy a, a joint. Yeah. Um, the Vegas strip. Now you can go see a show. You can go gamble. You can get a drink and you can go buy a joint. I didn't know we could do that in Vegas. When I go through Colorado and I was like, and I told the boys, I said, look, check out the, check out the size of those, uh, those vines. I thought they were, I thought they were grapevines. I said, check out the size of, Hey, what's that over there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> my, my son already knew what it was. He's like, he's just nodding his head. <laughs> yeah. Dad, you got to step out of the dark ages. He's like, oh man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's legal in those States. And, but you know, I think we're getting closer to that here in, in San Antonio, especially you know, with all the the stuff that's going on here in San Antonio, but I think that that's where it's leaning towards. And and so now that you started this media company and you're wanting to help other businesses build their business through this media company, or are you just using this as a platform for your business? You know, both. Um, honestly, Abel, as we're speaking right now, I don't know where the media company is going. Uh, you know, I, I know a few things. One is that I enjoy, um, we produce two episodes a week and I enjoy the taping. I enjoy the film and I enjoy that we're able to educate the, the community. Um, you know, if I was to paint the vision or the picture, which is something every entrepreneur should do, you should have your vision cast for one, three, five years, if not longer, the BHAG, which is your big, hairy, audacious goal, 10, 20 years out is yeah. I liken this to, let's say the CNN of, of weed or the, the Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, Vayner media of pot, um, yeah, I do. I, I learned a long time ago to dream big because uh, I'm going to just wind back. If you had told me when I started MedTrust, um, my wife and I were dating. She's in the other room on her computer right now. She's we're still in the grind, folks. Even, <laughs> even after you you exit and do these things, you're always a, a, a an entrepreneur at heart. If somebody had said, Rick, you're going to get to the point where your company's doing a million dollars a week in revenue, I would have said you're full of shit. There's no way. I mm -hmm. just, I just want to spend more time with my daughters. I want to ride my mountain bike more. I want to hang out with my dog and I want to spend time with my girlfriend who's now my wife. That's all I want. That's all I wanted to do. And that's why getting in touch with your driver is so critically important because I realized that that was really, really important to me. And we just happened to accomplish that by building a business. The correlate is people think, let me build a business so I can have those things. Exactly. And that's, it's, it's wrong. It's pass yeah. backwards. Yeah. So that's why I say, be selfish with your drivers, your desires, be really, really selfish because you don't want to wake up in a business you hate. Yeah. So I, I just had, I just had a, a guy come on the show the other day. He's, he's, uh, he's Mexican, a native Mexican came over to the United States and he, he told this story, which is great. And it's resonating with me now because you're, you're telling me about this being able to spend time with your family. But the way he, he told the story was that 
he says, why don't you open up? When a friend of him told, told him, uh, told his dad this, he says, why don't you open up a store and then another store and then another store. And then by the time you know, it, you'll have a bunch of stores and you can go spend time with your friends and family by then. And he says, I'm on my way right now to go spend time with my friends and family. So, I mean, it's like you're, you don't have to go that route if if you already have the and Gary talks about this too. You know, he talks about whether you look really look into your yourself and find out what it is that you really want to do in this life. You know, you could have all the money in the world, but if you don't have time, you know, to share it with anybody, if you don't have time to spend, uh, you know, with your friends and family, and and you're just working all the time, then then where's your life? You know, you just it's not there. And that's what he was trying to say within the stories that, you know, you can, you can open up another barbershop and then two, three, four barbershops, but he was already on his way to go spend time with his friends and family. And and why am I going to open up all these stores when I'm already doing what I want to do? Yeah. You know? So it, it, with this media, this media company that you're, that you're working on, uh, and I can tell that you're loving it. <laughs> and, that, and that, you know, and I, I, I get a lot of feedback, a lot of information from people who come onto the show. And I love it because I get to delve into areas of their brain that I don't typically get to uh, go into, you know, like, and, and that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. Yes, it was to help other people. Yes, it was to go out and help other entrepreneurs build their business. But uh, the selfish part of me, was the curiosity wanting to know how did Joe Schmo here start from nothing? How did he take this business and now build it into a multi-million dollar company? And I, over the years, I've learned that you don't have to be the inventor. You don't have to be the one who started the idea. All you have to do is get in and grind and and get out from behind Netflix. Stop binge watching True Blood and get out there. Get in front of the you know. Get on the on the phone and start working. You know, and a lot of people start like that without any money or any capital or even any revenue. But the thing is, how did they do it? How did they start? What is it that they started with? You know, how much money did they invest? And what type of education do they have? And all these little questions that come up with this podcast. Is, is feeding into how I myself can make myself better. And just by you being here and giving us your valuable wisdom and, and being able to understand how you've built your business is invaluable. Do you have a guest? Both. We you do. Yeah, we do some so, editorials and guests as well. So when you're talking to your guests, what is it that you pull out of them? What is it the, what's the information that you're gathering from them? I want to make them cry. <laughs> I'm serious. That's the goal. Just like that. I don't go with that goal, but I go with just what you just said. I want to know what's making them tick. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the fact is entrepreneurship is forget about cannabis for a sec. Entrepreneurship is probably the sexiest job around. Uh, you see it on people's Instagram handles, entrepreneur, and it's, it's, um, it's a misused word. The question is, are you really an entrepreneur, but really what is the thing that drives you? And I can't, I can't, I can't express enough how important that is. So I'll give you a great example. So a few weeks ago, I had a good friend of mine. My name is Kim B K Y M B. She's an influencer in the cannabis industry. She's been, she tell, she's very open with her story, um, from the East coast. So she's a Jersey lives in Manhattan now, Jersey girl, Manhattan, um, used to grow weed, um, has a great story about why she started in the industry to help her parents. And as we were talking, uh, you could, I, I didn't want the usual stuff. I didn't want, you know, what, how much did it take? You know, what did you do first? Don't give me the blueprint, the steps. I want to know the reason why you decided to do, to dive into it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't my intent to make people cry, but it just happens because when you really tap that heartstring, when you tap the thing, um, and I don't mean literally make them like mm -hmm. shed tears, but you get into the place where, you know, you ask, you ask why five times, like Toyota says, mm -hmm. ask why five times, you know, it, it literally almost came to that. And I said, well, why Kim? And she goes, Rick, you're about, uh, this was, we recorded this live. So it's on our YouTube show. She said, Rick, you're the only person that's made me cry on live, t on live TV. And I said, that's not my intent, Kim. I love you, girl. <laughs> and she told her story. And I cannot iterate and reiterate enough. That story is what makes you super powerful. Mm 
Um, that's what makes some of the questions you ask when we first in our very first business MedTrust, which we grew to a very large company. Uh, I didn't know shit about growing a business. I'm a nurse. I didn't go to B school. All I knew was I wanted time with my dog, my mountain bike, my girlfriend, my kids. That's all I wanted. And I realized that what we were doing is helping veterans in beds because we became a federal contractor. We were putting doctors and nurses in the military hospitals around the country. After 9-11, we, our company exploded. Um, no pun intended. We grew by leaps and bounds because of the deployment cycles of our troops. And I'm a, I was an army nurse at the time, so I knew my number was going to be punched. What we understood was this. We didn't start a staffing company, Abel. No, if you're going in to start a marijuana company, you're wrong. If you're going in to start a staffing company, you're wrong. What we did is we we started this to help our veterans, to help a service member laying in a bed. We knew that each and every day, a 12-hour shift, a 24-hour shift in a military base, a cash, a hospital, whatever, we were going to leave a service member's life, life better as well as their family. That's what made us different. We just happened to do it by staffing. And that's why I say most people get it wrong. And we did have our trials and tribulations. When we first realized we had to make a big payroll and we didn't have the money, I was like, WTF, this is now real business. Mm -hmm. We now have went from one employee to 10 to 20 to 600 and we had payroll to make. That's when I think I realized the punch in my face. We have a real business. And that's why I'll just share this success leaves clues. The things that I could share with you do not replicate. And some things I'll share with you absolutely steal and replicate. Don't make the same mistakes. How we overcame those obstacles. I didn't know anything about angel investing back then. I didn't know about equity, private equity. I didn't know about any of that. I knew I had a 401k and that if I was going to survive, I had to cash it in. I do not recommend that. Yeah. Um, but I had to cash in all chips on the table, my 401k. That's how we survived. And that was pretty much, I was all in, all in. So I'm assuming that you got it all back. We got it all back. We got That's it good. all back. <laughs> That's we, good. Let's exit yeah. and we're good. We got it all back. Oh man, I'm, man, I'm so excited to to have you on the show. It's 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 such a pleasure. Uh, just knowing t that you have a different perspective and the way that you think, and how you formulated your thoughts towards your business is so unique. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say unique because I'm sure there's, there's entrepreneurs out there and that's how they, you know, that's how they think, but it's, it's not, not typical. It's atypical the way people think they want to, you know, and you, and you just, like you said, you know, there's a blueprint that we want to know when what'd you start with, you know, how much did you start with? Are there any uh, obstacles that you overcame? What challenges did you face? You know, all the, all the things that you, uh, you face as an entrepreneur starting a business. Yes, those are the things that we want to know as an entrepreneur. Because if I want to start, uh, you know, if I have an, a screen printer uh, on the show uh, and I want to know how to build a screen printing business, I want to know what steps he took. You know, right. I want to know how much he invested. You know, uh, who's he talking to? What? Who, who's his network? You know, I want to know those things. But to be able to get the uh, the perspective, the I guess the the inner thoughts of how an entrepreneur really thinks like yourself is totally different. Like you you can look at something from a different perspective and think, man, uh, I'm I'm looking at this totally introspectively and then why? And you're looking at that with the the five whys and I think that takes your business to another level, because then now you're not just thinking about the money. You're not thinking about, you know, the, 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 well, not so much the end result, but the, the reason why you're doing this and does it fall into that plan of your life, you know? Yeah. And so the, the, the five whys that you talk about and how do you implement that? Like, what is it that you're, you're asking, uh, your, friends and family or people that come to you, do you just, you just, I want to be a, an entrepreneur. Why? You know, I want to invest in, I want to be an angel investor. Why? You know, so just knowing the why, man, that's, that's key. That's just a, it's a, it's almost a, a given because you have to know first who you are, what you want to do and how you're going to get there. 
And so understanding how you're, you know, the reasoning behind it is huge. It's huge. Yeah. You know, Abel, I'm, a few things that really glowed for me as you're talking is you, in, in what you said, uh, you mentioned the word network and um, s- something that uh, I've learned and I've, I've, the reason why I've joined several mastermind groups and um, affinity groups for entrepreneurs and some big, some small is because your network is your net worth. Uh, your great example is I was part of a group, um, a mastermind group for, for many years. This was long before my cannabis foray and met some folks, high level entrepreneurs from all over the world. And one of them, uh, we became friends, several friends, but one of them friends, but I never really knew what he did until the day I had to know what he did. And turns out he was the founder, president, CEO of one of the largest hemp growing companies in the world. When I met him, I had no desire to learn about hemp until the day that I did. Your network is your net worth. Second thing you mentioned is the five whys. And the first thing is it's gotta come from a place of authenticity. It's gotta come from a place of not a badgering why, because people sense when you're badgering. Um, the third thing, and I'll give you a real story around that, around a literal story that happened at the Pearl um, sometime last year. I won't use names, but the the next thing is, um, I would never take, I would never hire a 20 year, 21 year old as a life coach. And what that means is this, it not only has to come from a place of authenticity and actual caring about a fellow human being, but I kind of want to talk to somebody who's been to the place where I want to be. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It feels different. And so yeah. take that for what it means, all the listeners out there, but here's the story. So a couple of friends of mine, a couple of young ladies, they had the same questions. I wanted to learn about cannabis. I want to get into the industry. How do I start? Where do I go? And before I started using the Barnes and Noble line, um, I would have a lot of coffee a lot. <laughs> I, my, my brain was so picked, you know, the whole pick your brain. Now, when people say, can I pick your brain? What it really says to me is let me pick your back pocket. And I say that with love and respect, but it's just people need to educate themselves first. But we had coffee and we met at the Pearl and they were two um, young ladies about to go into business together. One of them talked a lot. One of them was quiet and I already knew them. They were both coming from different industries, not cannabis. They wanted to start something in the industry. They were on fire They had passion. You could sense it. One of them talked a lot. One of them didn't. And so I asked them and just very casual. I said, so what's the reason? You know, why do you guys want to do this? And I didn't say why, just like that. I said, what do you guys want to do this? And the one who talks a lot gave me answer and he talked a lot. And I said, I get that. I said, much respect. I said, why is that important to you? And the one that talks a lot answered again. And I said, do me a favor. I said, Michelle, I said, can I hear from Rochelle? And I think Michelle was a little taken aback because she's the talker. And I think Rochelle was a little taken aback because she didn't have think she was going to have to answer. And I said, why is this important? And she goes, well, it's what Michelle said. You know, we're driven, we're hungry, you know, we're, we're hard chargers. We've had success as salespeople in this other business. I'm like, okay, so why is this important to you though? And she goes, you know, we're ready to um, leave the nine to five. We want to start our own thing. You know, we're ready to take charge of our future, our life and insert whatever word is relevant. See where I'm going? The answer is getting this little deeper. And I said, but why is that important to you? And I said, Rochelle, because I could see Michelle ready to jump in. And um, she said, because I've never really done my own thing. And I know that I have something more in me. I know that there's more that I can tap into. And I feel like this is just even the words were changing. I feel like this is the right time. And I said, I get it. I said, I feel it. I understand that viscerally. I said, but I got to ask you another question. And she says, what? And I said, why is that important to you? And there was this moment, it was got quiet. And she said, because I owe it to the people around me. And I said, all right. I said, what people? And why is that so important to them? And the silence was a little longer. And even Michelle, the talker, I'm not quite sure knew what she was going to say. She said, Rick, because I lived in a car. She said, um, when I was little, my mom was single. My dad had left and we couldn't afford anything. And I lived in the backseat of the car. And I remember my mom trying to make life better. And I remember being in the backseat of a car and I remembered it being and feeling that this is not the way life should be, but it was something that we had to go through. And I was a kid. She said, I never want to be in that fucking car again. And she was crying. 
She said, I never want to be in that car again. And I said, I get it. Can I ask you a question? And she said, yes. I said, you have kids? She said, yes. I said, how old is your oldest? She goes, 10. I said, about the age you were. She said, yes. I said, what if you have to look at your son and one day say, son, we're going to have to move into a car. And she said, it ain't happening. I knew and she knew at that moment she could have sold pencils and she was going to be the world's best fucking pencil salesman because she knew she was never going to put her son in a car. That is the importance of understanding what drives you because when you know what drives you and it's anchored in emotion and it's deep, you will not fail. You will drive and drive and drive and pivot and use all the entrepreneurial worlds you want. Fail and rise and phoenix and pivot and do this until you succeed because you do not want your 10-year-old in a car. That's what's missing from the true bred entrepreneur. They're doing things because it's sexy, it's cool, and yeah, but the book says fail and you learn. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> the person who posts the meme of I never fail, I either win or I learn, mm-hmm. they're fucked up. Yeah. They weren't in touch and tune with what's driving them. I get it. Sometimes we lose. That's not meme worthy for me. That's not. I don't want to post a meme about how I lost or I learned. Fuck that. I don't want my kid in a car. And yes, I may trip and fall, but my brown ass is going to be back up hustling, grinding the very next day because I don't want my kid in the car. If you're listening to this, figure out what your kid in the car is. Then figure out the business you want to grind at. Start that way. That's amazing, man. Yeah. I think, I think as, as you're growing, you're growing up and then you're put into situations in this life that dictate who we are as people, you know, and then we're put into situations that help us persevere. And those things that created either pain or, you know, uh, brought us into a situation where we overcame those. I mean, there's plenty of times where I've looked at myself in the mirror and asked, can I do this? Can I, can I really do this? You know, I was going, you know, I was building a business. I was going to school full time. I had another full time job and uh, I was, you know, going through a divorce. I was raising two kids at the same time. And I'm asking myself, why am I doing this? You know, can I do this? And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I said, you have to do this. This is you have no option. This you're in this situation, you're going to make the best of it and you're going to build this business and then you're going to be where you want to be. You're going to do this for yourself, for your kids, and you're going to build this business. And it did. And, and, and eventually we sold it. But, you know, it was that moment, that breaking point where a lot of people don't get to where you're working 14, 16, 17, 18 hours a day and you're like, you're just hitting it, man. You're just, you're out there and you're working and you're like, why am I doing this? And then it just clicks like a freaking light bulb. All of a sudden, you know what you got to do. Uh, what, what are your plans now? What are your plans for the, for the future with, with your company? We're April 1st of 2020 will be one year from our first episode launch. So we're coming up to about 10 months in about a hundred episodes. So we're recording a lot of content Um, We're putting out stuff on our Instagram, YouTube, but that's not what you asked. Where we're going is our next step is monetization. You know, it's my my wife will say, Rick, you have an expensive hobby. And there's a lot of truth to that, you know, and it's there's a lot of truth to that. And being that she's my bellwether, my parole officer, my attorney, my wife, all those rolled into one. um, She's right. So our next step is this is where. I treat it as a business and our next step is monetization, whether it's through ads or partnerships, because one of the unique things we do bring to the table isn't just the podcast per se. It's the fact that we have a pretty large social following. So we're going to wrap that all in and our speaking engagements. We're in front of audiences across the country. We bring a very unique package, if you will, and I'm going to sell it. The package is, of course, the the podcast, We Didn't Know Basis and my mug, my face, <laughs> but um it's, uh, I learned a long time ago, you know, it's uh, you, the, the soapbox, you build it, you stand on it. There's nobody who can stand on your soapbox better than you can. And we've built our soapbox and, um, April 1st is a launch of season two, and we're going to be putting out marketing media packages and, 
Um, I want to say baby steps, but that goes back to the mindset of no baby step. You want to take large leaps. So monetization, um, I have been paid to speak. Mm-hmm. And of course I shared with you, I'm still being a nurse now keeps me in tune to the first company we ever launched. Because one thing I didn't share is that I was working 12 hour night shifts, four to five days a week, 7 P to 7 A in an emergency room. And from 7.30 A to about 11.30, we were working on our company. Man. So. I, um, I know, I know what you mean, you know, I mean, you, gotta do it. No, you know what? I, I, I commend you on what you do because what you do, not, not a lot of people can do. And, and I, a lot of people don't understand that, but what's the deal with men in emergency rooms? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, is it an adrenaline rush or what? Because, oh my gosh. But anyways, that's a side yeah. note. I'm just curious to, uh, <laughs> but I do. I mean, I understand. And, and what you do is, is, is an amazing thing and it should be, uh, should be commended for sure. Uh, and so you feel like you're, you're, you're going to monetize. I definitely want to make money. And I know that this, this podcast can, uh, and I know that, that it has a potential for, for generating some income. But at the, at this point, I have not introduced any kind of sponsors. Yeah. There's some like affiliate type programs that we, that we have in our show notes and stuff like that. But, uh, I have yet to pull the trigger uh, because you know when I'm watching a movie, I don't want to be interrupted by <laughs> by commercials, you know. And I always feel like if you're listening to the the podcast, and then all of a sudden, it's like, well, by the way, you know, we're sponsored by, and then you go into like a thirty second disquisition of <laughs> of you know why you should use this company. Then right. I don't know if that's something I want to do just yet. Of course, you know, if we get enough uh, listeners and it's. Uh, you know, profitable, definitely. Uh, but you know, the company is still growing. And of course the podcast is just the first phase of this, uh, before we start launching the other part of phase two of the creative entrepreneur, which would be kind of almost what you're doing, which is the, the media part of it. And then, uh, we'll start talking to other businesses and, and introducing our photography, videography, and, and all of the other components that are associated with the creative entrepreneur. And hopefully, you know, it goes somewhere and, uh, and we can start to help other businesses grow right now. There's this huge rage, like, I mean, just like a freaking flood of people building content and, and, and generating these masterminds and, 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 webinars and all kinds of stuff. So if you type in like media or uh, marketing in your uh, in your search engine, you're going to be flooded with all kinds of information on how you can build your business and and how you can, uh, you know, advertise with us. And, and, and we can build this uh, this multimillion dollar lead generating service for you. And, and it's so that's that's the that's the sexy thing right now. You know, you just, you just log on to Facebook and all of a sudden, you know, there's click funnels and lead pages and all of a sudden you got to get, well, what's this, the, this new, this new guy, Gene, have you heard of him? Mar- the, the marketer, Gene, the marketer. Yeah. Gene, yeah. So, yeah. Like, I mean, he's crazy. Just it's, it's crazy how much, and he does it live too, which is insane. Uh, and so there's all these types of businesses that are just popping up everywhere. I love it. That's the part that I love. And so that's the, that's the industry that I want to go into, which is the, you know, helping the businesses grow. And so that's what, uh, that's what this creative entrepreneur platform is for. And of course we're, we're working on, you know, getting into the minds of, of other entrepreneurs and of course helping others. Yeah. You know, primarily veterans, minorities, business owners, and uh, people who just want to build their business. Yeah. Yeah. It's a noble in Denver, a noble in, in Denver. That's, that's, that's <laughs> noble in Denver. There's, there's, there's my why. Cause I started doing this because not because of the money. I mean, I honestly like the money was insignificant. And when I pitched this to, uh, I pitched this to a friend and a couple of people just to bounce the idea uh, off of them. And I remember pitching it to a friend and I remember telling him, I'm like, look, it's not about money. It's just about helping other people. I just really want to go out there and, and help other entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurs build their business. And, and, and what am I going to do? You know, I got, I got the photography business. I got the, the videography business. I'm going into the, the marketing. Why not, you know, provide a platform where they can 
bounce their ideas and and showcase their business and 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 all for free. You know, there's I don't charge people to come onto the show and they can just go in and and talk about their business and how they built it and you know what books they've written and, and talk about all this other stuff, which is great to me because I get to learn from them, but also the audience gets to learn from them. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, one of the things that we'd like to do when we wrap up a show is if you can give us three words of wisdom, just rules that you live by real quick. Love that. So this is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, cause my wife and I deviated from these rules and we learned a harsh lesson. It's three words, laptop, Wi-Fi, sandwich, meaning sandwich. It's a play on the word sandwich. And with those three rule rules, those three words symbolize our rules because after having a company with hundreds of employees, and I, I know you said real quick, but we wanted to launch the next phase of our life, if you will, whether that's business or cause we're empty nesters and make sure that whatever we did, if it violated one of those three words or rules, then we weren't going to do it. So meaning laptop, can we run our business? Literally, as we're recording, my wife is in the other room here in your, in your studio on her laptop, literally right now. As we're, <laughs> Can we do our work from a laptop anywhere remotely? Um, second thing, Wi-Fi. All we need is Wi-Fi. If we have good Wi-Fi, whether it's a coffee shop, um, a hotel, whatever it is, we can do work. Sandwich, as long as we have food. Um, literally laptop Wi-Fi sandwich. In other words, that's awesome. Did we want to, that's why brick and mortar was such a no-go for us. Yeah. It's like, no, it violates that. That's why we outsource things like our, we outsource the production of our podcast. We don't have an employee. We outsource it. Um, no more employees. If we have to, if it violates those three words slash rules, um, we weren't going to do it. So that's, <laughs> that's, what that's freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it, dude. Well, there you go, guys. Rick Martinez, an amazing, amazing interview with an amazing person. I'm so glad you came on the show. You're an inspiration to me. You're an inspiration to our listeners. And I'm so glad to have had you on the show. Thanks, Abel. This has been a blast. I really, really appreciate it. You're an awesome person. Thank you. Thanks, Omi. All right, guys, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. Check out thecreativeentrepreneur.net and tune into the show notes and check them out. We're going to have all the information for Rick Martinez on there. And until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.